Hello, this is Troy Shelby, and you're listening to The Rant Reloaded. Welcome, my friend. I know it's been a short while since I've done a broadcast, and to my loyal listeners, I do want to apologize. But I've been unable to broadcast due to a few personal issues. Now, I've had a lot of thoughts and opinions on many topics since my last broadcast, but being as most is now old news and I want to try to keep things a little bit more current, we're just going to continue on. Now, before I get into tonight's political stuff, I want to share a little something personal with my listeners out there. Uh, Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be doing a four-part special segment of my family's journey to reunification. Uh, Let me explain. You see, as a young child, I was separated from my family. Well, me and all my siblings were separated from our family and each other. Now, about seven years ago, after over 40 years of searching, I reunified with one of my wonderful little sisters. And through that union, or reunion, I should say, was able to unite with two more wonderful little sisters and my wonderful little brother, all three of which I didn't even know existed until then. And, of course, this also brought the reunion with my biological mother, a dear, wonderfully sweet woman in and of herself. But there was still something missing. I still hadn't found my big sister, the last missing member of my family. After getting a brainstorm and asking a federal agent friend of mine a few years back to look into my big sister's whereabouts, my friend looked into it, came back and said, there was no trace of my big sister anywhere. My hope was shattered of ever finding her. I all but gave up hope or gave up the effort, I should say. I all but gave up the effort, instead taking great joy and solace in the family I had found. Now, I was still occasionally taking the time to attempt to make connections that could possibly lead to my big sister. Well, skip forward a few years to two nights ago on June 12, 2022, I received a odd friend request over Facebook. I took a look. Unfortunately, the woman and the name wasn't familiar to me. So, as usual, I went ahead and deleted the request. Then I noticed on Messenger shortly thereafter that I had a pending message from the same woman whose request I had just deleted. So, I decided out of curiosity to take a look. This woman introduced herself by her real name instead of her Facebook persona, providing detailed information about my biological family that most people wouldn't have. Miracle of miracles, she said she was my big sister. She left her phone number, so with some skepticism, I went ahead and called the phone number, and when she answered, I asked if she was the person who had sent the text. When she said yes, I went ahead and asked her a question that, If she was my big sister, only she could know. This was in order to verify her claim. Now, I should note, I also did the same thing with my little sister. 
I'm a skeptical person, I have trust issues, I don't always take people at their word. And to no disappointment, the answer was exactly what I expected. My big sister had returned to the family. She had been searching almost as long as I have, 35 to 40 years, and she had finally found us, and we her. I'm not going to go into details how, because as I said, this is going to be a multi-part segment, and I'm going to have her on the show in two weeks to tell her story of the story of her search and the reunion. Next week, we'll, I will have my little sister, Becky, on the show uh, to do the same thing. And then the week after that, I will have Becky, Kathy, and our baby sister, Eleanor, on the show to, to all have a conversation with each other during this the period of these few weeks. Uh, my story of my search and my reunification with my family will also be laid out. So I hope you'll all turn in, tune in and listen to that. Now, I know I've ripped Facebook many, many, many times over their censorship and other so-called woke practices. I've even fallen victim to these practices once or twice. But I have to say, in spite of the despicable wokeness of Facebook and its executives, I am still thankful for the social media giant. Because without Facebook, I would have never gotten my family back. So thank you, Facebook. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for at least providing that wonderful blessing to me. Again, we'll get more into this next week. I'm going to cut off the reunification segment of the show right now. Uh, my story will come out as the weeks progress, as will my sibling stories, and I look forward to having them on the show. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the political angle of things. One thing that's been bugging me, for some reason a lot today, but it's been bugging me for a little bit, is the reports that this nation is heading into a financial recession. Now, don't jump the gun and turn off because you, you think I'm going to go against that. Just Well, I am, but not in the way that you think. So please, bear with me a few minutes here. Again, like I said, it's bugged me that people say we are heading into a financial recession. A recession is coming. A recession is coming is the claim of most experts and even Dan Bongino, who I think is one of the awesomest. Wait, is that even a word, awesomest? I don't know it should be because it's a great description, and I'm going to go ahead and use it. Anyhow, one of the most awesomest conservative commentators around. But with respect to Dan Bongino and all the so-called experts, and even to my friends who say the recession is coming, I have to respectfully disagree with them. I do not believe a recession is coming. My friends, I believe, in my opinion, a recession is already here. Yes, that's what I said. In my opinion, this great nation is currently indeed in a state of recession, albeit the beginning stages. And it's only going to get worse as long as Democrats are at the helm. This starts with the White House, to the Senate, to Congress, all the way down to Democratic appointees 
to the Department of Treasury and the Department of Interior. Maybe further than that. Need proof? I'm going to give you the reasons for this being my opinion. Inflation is at a record high currently. Homelessness is at a record high currently. Hell, in Albuquerque alone, I have seen a major expansion in tent cities, starting out at one park and now expanding those tent cities throughout Albuquerque from one end of the city to the other. Grocery store shelves are empty on many items. Gas prices are at a, a record high and still rising in spite of Biden's claims he's move, making moves to bring them under control. Even though all the experts also say that the path or plans that Biden has to curb gas prices will only cause further detriment. His plans to fix the economy will only make things worse. And the fact of the matter is the American people have to blame themselves as much as our incompetent fool of a president. Why? Because if the election results are to be believed, like we're told they should, we're the ones who put the fool in office. Whether we voted for him or not, the American people put the fool in office. After he told us specifically he would crash the oil industry, we put him in office and make no mistake, crashing the oil industry is the quickest way to crash the economy. Why? Because a lot of our economy is based on oil prices. Every year, Social Security recipients and veterans get a cost of living increase. What is that increase based on? Well, partially the cost of oil per barrel. And we put this moron into office. What the hell were people thinking? Personally, I think the ballot should be gone over again. And everyone that voted for Biden should bear the burden of the Biden economy. And those that voted against him should enjoy a pre-Biden economy. Let those Biden duped, those whom Biden duped, pay for the penalty. Unfortunately, that's not how things work. And I understand that. I'm not, I'm not stupid. I'm not blind. So we all get to pay for Biden's incompetence. And Democratic-held Congress is just as responsible because they hold the purse strings of this nation. And they have to approve a lot of Biden's foolishness and where to release the money, where not to. And if they're still in control after the midterms, quite frankly, I don't think we'll recover from this recession. If Biden is still president after 2024, we will as a nation not recover from, from this. Again, this is my opinion. I do believe that we are currently in a recession, not that one is coming. Remember the Great Recession where thousands of stock market brokers threw themselves to their deaths? Well, trust me, that is nothing compared to what's coming. So, I'll, I'll leave you to look at the state of things and decide whether you believe we are currently in a recession or whether the recession is still coming. Now let's talk about the woke and their continued assault on conservatives and former President Donald Trump. With all the chaos in the world, with Russia versus Ukraine, with a supposed threat of this monkey pox 
and our economy quickly going down the drain, what's our Democratic leaders doing to address these issues in any meaningful way or any other issue that's important to Americans? They're doing absolutely nothing. Instead, their focus and their efforts are on their continued anti-Trump campaign and the events of January 6th. As the kangaroo congressional hearings on January 6th events continues, many of the accused still sit behind bars without official charges being filed, without due process, which is a clear violation of their constitutional rights, and many of them, their dietary and medical needs go unattended while they're locked up and ignored. And the so-called hearings continue with one sole effort to lay the events of January 6th squarely at Trump's feet. What they keep forgetting to tell everybody is prior to January 6th, then-President Trump offered National Guard troops as added security for January 6th to prevent anything from going down that would interfere with Biden's inauguration. Sorry, I almost mispronounced that. That request was refused by Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and by the mayor of Washington, D.C. Now, you may ask, why would Trump offer extra security unless he knew what was going to happen? Well, here's the truth of the matter. He did know what was going to happen. So did everyone else, including Nancy Pelosi, the mayor of D.C., the incumbent or the president-elect Joe Biden even knew. Reports show that our government, including federal law enforcement, knew prior to January 6th what was planned to happen. Reports also show everyone involved with the Biden inauguration was briefed on this threat. Yet additional security was refused. Why? Maybe to ensure they couldn't they could blame Trump when it went down. There are still many other unanswered questions like did the FBI have an agent in the crowd inciting the events or anyone acting on behalf of the FBI inciting the events of nine of sorry of January 6th. These events or these questions have yet to go unanswered by the director of the FBI, Christopher Wray. Uh, his spokeswoman that appeared in front of Congress during their hearings uh, were, was asked about if the FBI had any operatives or anybody acting in an official capacity for the FBI that was present during the January 6th events. And all they could say is, I can't answer, or I have to look into it. Really? She couldn't, could she not answer because they don't really know? Are they that inept as the, or not they, but is the director of the FBI that inept that he doesn't know what's going on in his own agency? Is it possible? Yeah, but it's very unlikely. I believe they knew exactly what was going on. And we saw live footage where a known FBI can uh, confidential informant was in front of the Capitol on January 6th st- <coughs> excuse me stirring the pot now 
the FBI can't answer what he was doing there, why he was there, or if he was even acting in an official capacity. You don't know if he was acting in an official capacity? I'm sorry, in my opinion, you're saying you don't know if he was in an official capacity? Suggest to me that he was indeed acting in an official capacity. Now, another question. Why was only one woman shot? A veteran who wasn't even remotely involved in storming the Capitol. What about the people Democrats claim were killed or injured by the so-called insurrection? Video evidence shows that the injuries were actually not caused by anybody storming the Capitol on that day. But beyond that, while Democrats are quick to lock up and keep from charging so-called insurrectionists, who, by the way, were not armed, which, in my opinion, is a very foolish way to attempt an insurrection. There is no one being charged or jailed or even being tried, well, with the exception of a very few, no, actually, no one that I know of for the activities during the violent BLM Antifa riots, where they killed non-supporters, assaulted non-supporters, assaulted random citizens, blocked streets, vandalized, vandalized and burnt down businesses, and even set fire to, and to many federal buildings across the U.S., not all of those fires were successful, mind you, but attempts were made and failed. An attempt is still an attempt, at least if you accept the less claim of an attempted insurrection on January 6th. It's one way or another. You can't hold a double standard on this. Anyway, many law enforcement, federal law enforcement people and employees were still inside when these fires were set. Why is no one being held accountable for that? The sham hearings to persecute Donald Trump continue while the attempted assassination of Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh goes mostly ignored. Our Democratic leaders walk around with armed security 24-7. Yet after an attempted assassination of a sitting judge in our nation's highest court, it goes ignored. The security and safety of Supreme Court justices is simply set aside. Why? Because most were appointed by Republican presidents. And as such, their lives, as far as the left is concerned, their lives and safety don't matter. Of course, what better way to flood the court with woke, Democratic-supporting judges than to off a few of these sitting judges that were appointed by Republicans, and thus creating openings for more appointments. Personally, this is out of control. The left claims conservatives are dangerous radicals and threat to American democracy. But let's Look at a few things here. It's not conservatives that threaten people into silence or assault people into silence. Assaulting them in the street is not something that conservatives do. We're not running around burning down our cities in the name of social justice. And it's not conservatives conducting burglary raids on businesses. 
nor the conservatives that, and I know this is a touchy matter and I am sympathetic, but it's not conservatives engaging in mass shootings. Matter of fact, I challenge anyone to tell or show me the last conservative responsible for such a tragic travesty. And it's not conservatives that try to cancel people and ruin their lives as, and cost them their careers because they don't agree. All this is the actions of the democratic left. The left calls conservatives fascist, yet look at the actions of what fascists do. The Nazi regime, regime was fascist. And to date, this is not the actions endorsed or performed by conservatives. But you know who does engage in fascist actions? You got it, the so-called woke. The ones who support Democrats and even the Democratic Party themselves who defend them. Anyway, so that's just a little food for thought. It, I would claim that the Democratic Party is the fascist ones. The Democratic Party is also the racist ones. Why do I say that? While they've got every minority group convinced, that they're on their side, they put out that, oh, minorities are incapable of handling themselves and taking care of themselves without the big white government to assist them. If that's not racist, I don't know what is. Along with, uh, of course, there was uh, Joe Biden's statement, which sadly a lot of minorities fell for of, if, if you don't vote for me, then you're not black. Can you get any more racist? A white man telling a person he's not black because he doesn't support the white man. Anyway, all of these are just my opinions today with the exception of my initial story. So it's a little food for thought. I would love to hear your comments. And so you can go to our page on Facebook, leave a comment. You can email us at therantreloaded.com. Well, contact at therantreloaded.com. You can find our show on Spotify, on Facebook, on iHeartRadio. Just search for uh, The Rant Reloaded broad Podcast. Um, on Facebook, just search for The Rant Reloaded. Or you can visit our website at https colon slash slash therantreloaded.com. Anyway, that's my time for today. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, and let me just say, as someone who went through great pains to find his family, there is nothing greater than family. So tonight, I urge you, don't take your family for granted. Tell them you love them. Show them you love them. Don't just assume they already know. Treasure them and never let them go. Trust me, family is the most valuable thing anyone can ever have through the good the bad the ugly family is there for you so again till next time this is troy shelby soon to be mario colangelo i'll explain that one next week with the rant reloaded saying if today's political climate isn't pissing you off then you're not paying attention Again, tune in next week as I continue with my multi-part segment on my family's reunification story with my very special guest, my wonderful, dear, sweet little sister, Rebecca Hazer. Look forward to having her next week. Look forward to having her tell her story next week. So, in the meantime, 
God bless, take care, and good health to all of you.